This episode is sponsored by State Farm. Choices are great. Like with your podcasts, you get to choose what you want to listen to. And State Farm believes insurance should work the same way. That's why the State Farm Personal Price Plan helps you get the coverage you want at an affordable price and a policy that helps cover what you value most. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Call or go to statefarm.com today to create your State Farm Personal Price Plan. Prices vary by state. Options selected by customer. Availability and eligibility may vary. Scott for Scott's here. Do you hear that? Bring the mic in close. That's not how the grass should sound. There's weeds everywhere on this lawn. It's time to take action with Scott's Turf Builder Triple Action. It gets three jobs done at once, kills weeds, prevents crabgrass, and feeds your lawn so it keeps growing strong. Ah, much better. Get a bag of Scott's Triple Action today. It's guaranteed or your money back. Feed your lawn. Feed it. The Purple Mafia with your host... Paladino Joey. Well, we'll see. The doctors would disagree, but what do they know? So let's just say that you'll pay me because it's in your interest to pay me. Is it worth it? I mean, you've won. You want to wipe everybody out? I don't feel I have to wipe everybody out, Tom. It's just my enemy. That's all. My father taught me many things. He taught me, keep your friends close, but your enemies closer. These are wonderful things that we've achieved, and there's no limit to where we can go from here. Welcome to the family here on Purple Mafia. Episode number 73 of Purple Mafia, which is available on thesportstuff.com and on iTunes. I thank each and every one of you always for downloading and listening to this show. It is Monday, October the 25th, 2010, and yes, I am burning the midnight oil because I have switched back to second shift, therefore I am doing a show once again in a situation where in the past I wouldn't have been able to because of first shift. Purple Mafia is back. So the uh, Purple Mafia is back with a vengeance. <laughs> like like it never really went away. But yeah, I was having trouble releasing shows uh, a couple occasions earlier this year. So those of you out there that assumed, and that's why you never assume, you always verify. Those of you that assume there's going to be no show out there. I even had one person ask me if I don't do a show when the Vikings don't win. Um, hmm. Well, the Dolphins. I did a show when the, we lost to the Dolphins. Uh-huh, but then again, no, I'm not that uh, big of a bandwagon person. Uh, no, I'm not. In fact, I'm so not much of a bandwagon person that you're going to hear some ranting once again. But I'm not going to overdo it unless I, for whatever reason, I feel the need to rant. Well, of course, we're going to talk about the game. But you know what, folks? This is going to be a little bit different. Uh, it's going to be one of those deals where it's more of an emotional show than a uh, analytical show, we'll say. Uh, it's going to be analytical, but it's going to be emotional. Yeah, I'm just going to go. It's going to be one of those deals, partially because I'm back to burning the midnight oil, but also because, well, you know what, it's just one of those deals. I'm not going to do the notes thing today, folks. Now, obviously, uh, you know, it was more of a mental notes thing. We could say an emotional notes. Yeah, you know, the kind that people take when they watch a game. Sometimes you just go with your emotions, sometimes you go, and I mean you go, and this is one of those games. That's what we're going to do in episode 73. Of course, we are going to get to the Facebook group today in a big way because it blew up. The Facebook group blew up. That's another reason why I'm going to be more of a uh, <laughs> taking, uh, that's what more or less where it's going to be more of an emotional show, more of a response, making responses to all of you out there than uh, instead of just... Um, Going by notes and all that stuff. Yeah, didn't hit the Twitter account at all uh, yesterday. Not at all. It was just one of those games where, you know what, I'm just going to put the Twitter away. I'm going to watch the game. So I apologize, Matt Emer and Dan Taylor out there. No, I'm not kicking you out. or I mean, I mean, yeah, I'm not blowing you off. I'll be back on Twitter, but I mean, at the same time, this is just one of those deals where, hey, it was, just, it was a different situation this time around for whatever reason especially Vikings in Lambeau Field. Just a different approach, and that's partially what makes this show more dynamic. That's why a lot of you listen, because this this is a fairly dynamic show. I'm not just out here um, 
you know, talking, so to speak. Uh, they're doing the same damn thing all the time. So, yes, a very emotional game. A very frustrating loss for the Minnesota Vikings. Very frustrating loss for the Minnesota Vikings. Um, unbelievable. Uh, real quick, though, the Twitter account is twitter.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show. So do give that a follow. I'll be back on there. Just didn't go on there this past week. Uh, Facebook group. We'll get to that later. We'll also talk some Brett Favre, of course, the ankle situation, the the stress fracture situation in the ankle. Yeah, we're going to talk about that. Imagine that, right? Well, we're definitely going to get to that. Um, So, uh, real quick, though, there were no call-ins once again, but I do encourage you callers to call in. Maybe some of you thought that I wasn't going to do the show because... Not because the Vikings lost, but because it was Monday, uh, Monday night, Sunday night. Those late games were a problem for me in the past. Right now, they're not not as bad um, for releasing the show. It's still I still prefer those Sunday games. It just makes it easier, and the show gets out faster and all that stuff. But you get the idea. Um, the Packers, by the way, do win twenty-eight to twenty-four. Oh, real quick though, two zero nine seven three six seven eight seven seven is the voicemail to this show. Please do call in. It is a voicemail is mentioned. Call in, mention you're calling for Purple Mafia, and get your opinion, shout out, whatever it is. <sighs> but what was one of the things? Is now we're gonna just go here. What was one of the things I mentioned last week? What was the one of the things I mentioned going to the New York Jets game? What was one of the things I mentioned going into the Dallas Cowboys game? Well, maybe not as much. <laughs> I thought the Vikings offense would show a little bit more fire against the Dallas Cowboys than it did. But what has been the trend for the whole flipping season? This offense cannot make plays when they need to. This offense cannot make plays when they need to. Beating the Detroit Lions in the in the Dome, beating the Dallas Cowboys in the Dome, that ain't making big plays when they need to. Yeah, they made some big plays, but in a close game situation, they can't get it done. Uh, the huge, massive, massive turnovers this year have been incredible. The lack of turnovers coming our way have been incredible. Though, hey, we got Aaron Rodgers twice. I appreciate it very much. We did get Tony Romo twice last week as well. So, the takeaways have improved. (laughs) But the sacks have completely vanished. The sacks have vanished. Tony Romo got decimated by this defensive line last year. Didn't get sacked once. Aaron Rodgers did not get decimated by this defensive line last year. He got totally destroyed. Yes, totally destroyed. That's how badly Aaron Rodgers got nailed by this defensive line last year. Uh, What was it, 14, 15 sacks on Aaron Rodgers in two games? Two games, seven and a half of those sacks by by, uh, this white guy with kind of long hair. Or is he cut it? I don't even... He's so invisible, I don't even know what his hair looks like. That, that's about what... You know, he talks a lot. He even does a radio show on KFAN called... Uh, I forget his name, but... Uh, oh, that's right. Number 69. Yeah, he wears a number 69, which also is kind of an immature number. But, well, I'll leave that there. Those of you all that wear it, fine. It's great. It's a great number. It's great. Um, I don't even know who that is anymore, folks. And yes, I know who it is. I'm being extremely sarcastic because of the frustration level is... <laughs> the frustration level is historic. I know who it is, yes. But then again, if I had I been a casual fan who decided, hey, the Vikings were 12-4 and last year. They missed the Super Bowl because, by about five yards, a potential game-winning field goal against the uh, New Orleans Saints. I'm going to be a Viking fan this year. I wouldn't even know who the hell Jared Allen is if I was a casual fan walking in because he's been so invisible this year. That's right. But not only has he been invisible, but the whole defensive line in terms of getting sacks on the quarterback has been invisible this year. They've not been terrible. They've been good. The defense has been wonderful. But the pressure on the quarterback has not been the same. No. And it certainly has not been the same against the Green Bay Packers, that's for sure. Uh, The sack total is alarming. I mean, how many sacks are the Vikings going to get this year? We might not get 15 and a half sacks when Jared Allen was able to get that by his, by himself years ago. We might this team might not get 15 and a half sacks if this keeps up. It's uh, frightening, man. It's real frightening. 
So yeah, as you notice, I'm not just going by notes and by this happened and this happened. But no, as I'm bouncing around like an absolute yo-yo. But sometimes that's the way it's going to be. So those of you out there that might not like that, well, <laughs> tell that to my listeners. Wink, wink. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's all i got to say about that. Um, the Vikings offense. <laughs> this is not a... Uh, Depperman on uh, Percy Harvin or Adrian Peterson, who have been phenomenal this year. The two MVPs of this offense. They are immune to, to, what, I'm, to what I'm saying right here, to what I'm going to say. But for everybody else, including Vasante Shanko, including Randy Moss, who I just love so much, including Brett Favre, who I just love so much, this offense, oh, I, you know, I don't want to use the four-letter word that starts with an S and ends with another S, five-letter word, I guess. I'm about to say it. I'm about to say this offense sucks. I... It's... I'm sick of this offense. How about that? I am sick and tired of it. Um, I'm sick and tired of the lack of production. I'm sick and tired of the age. (laughs) I'm sick and tired of Brett Favre looking almost disinterested. I, I don't know if it's disinterested or what it is. On uh, Viking fan line last night on KFAN, which I'm sure all of you, almost all of you, have heard of before. Okay, not all of you, but uh, a lot of the commentary has been saying, yeah, from like the people, you know, and the, the, the hosts of the show. Yeah, that's what they're saying. I mean, <laughs> you know, those guys generally told the company line a little bit more than somebody like myself, um, who's a little bit more quick to criticize than some of them, them might be. Uh, they want to continue to tell you how great the offensive line is or how good it is. Um, and I, I understand that it's not just the O-line sucks. That's just some somebody blew an assignment. Uh, okay, I'm bouncing around too much, but um, digressing too much. Granted, they are part of the offense. <laughs> yeah, they are. Uh, Brett Favre. <laughs> and yes, I understand he had a fresh fracture in his ankle. But that didn't happen until later in the game. Yes, I understand he's had an ankle issue the entire season. But if it's so horrible, and if it's such a pain in the ass to you as a football player, as a quarterback, then don't come back and play. If it's that detrimental to your play, don't come back and play. Boy, that was a statement I bet you a lot of you didn't think I'd ever say. And I can't believe I just said it myself. (laughs) Because of how much... I want Brett Favre on this team. How much I wanted him here. How badly. <laughs> How badly. Man, I want to succeed with Brett Favre as the quarterback. How much fun it would be. But if you're, if you're, it's even what he said. Brett Favre is losing his gift, folks. I'm, I can see it. He is losing his gift, and it really, really hurts for me to say that. It really does. <laughs> uh, I don't know if you can hear it in my voice, but it hurts to say that. But he is, I'm not going to say he has lost his gift, but he is losing it uh, right before our eyes. And it's not necessarily saying he sucks. It's something's missing. Something's missing upstairs. And I know part of it's the distraction. I know part of it is the the ankle, you know, and I mean the distraction, the other distraction, we're going to leave that there. I just, you know what, we're going to leave it where it is. It's it's up to the league office to decide. There we go, there. <laughs> um, Red Favre is losing his gift. He's losing his gift. God, it hurts saying that. Uh, Randy Moss, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, is it the quarterback can't get him the ball, or is he just... Is the defense on him that good? Well, yes, the defense coverage has been phenomenal on Randy Moss. It has been. There's no doubt about the. There's no doubt about it. The New York Jets defense was great. Yeah, he broke through once. Yeah, he broke through once. Once. We're happy for you, as Dan Barrera would say. Um, ugh, Fred Favre is losing his gift, guys, and he may have lost it. Oh, he may have lost his gift. It's it's the upstairs thing. It's the competitiveness. The competitiveness is there that he wants to play. The competitiveness is there that he wants to win. 
but to it's so hard to explain it, something's missing it just is something's missing yeah you can break your, you can hurt your ankle break your ankle and still throw a touchdown pass that or a near touchdown pass to Percy Harvin that did not just barely was not in bounds and I mean it's sad to think that on even uh, I'm guilty of this that I'd be a lot more optimistic about the Viking season had a few inches on a pr- pretty good play you know been a little different yeah well yeah of course a win and a loss in Green Bay that it changes the whole season it does at least it <laughs> in a big way it can it can change the whole season it's very tough to lose a game like that but um he may have lost his gift it's a combination of competitiveness and skill that there is this certain group of players out there that have it 100%. It's 100% there. 100% combination of, and those guys are the legends, the combination of competitiveness, mental strength, and skill. Um, it's those three elements that have, they're, in the, they're 100%, 99.99, whatever, combined to be able to get it done an entire game and especially late in the game there is something missing something missing in that heart in the heart in the heart and inside of Brett Favre it's just something's missing um people have bad years but something's missing and I know part of it has to do with it's hey I'm getting older I didn't necessarily want to come back and he even admitted that he wanted to be all in Brett Favre is not all in. He's not all in. That's what's the problem, unfortunately, so far this year with Favre. And uh, a rough start may have started this down spiral. I just, it's, it's, it's a huge shame. It's a huge shame. The talent's still there, obviously. But, obviously, because he almost had Percy Harvin for a game-winning touchdown. Almost. Percy Harvin should have, like, 19 touchdowns this year, by the way with how many times Favre has missed Harvin this year. Be it he missed the read somehow, or just did, yeah, didn't throw it to him, or he overthrew him, or he, you know, he, yeah, technically he overthrew Harvin a teeny tiny bit. He did. A teeny tiny bit, about six inches. I know that's almost impossible, but you get the idea. What a frustration. What a frustration indeed. <sighs> wow. But Percy Harvin looks absolutely fantastic. Aaron Rodgers, folks, he is a little bit overrated. Yeah, he is. He's one of the best quarterbacks in football, but he is a little bit overrated. The Green Bay Packers are a little bit overrated, maybe even a lot overrated. Yes, they've been decimated with injuries this year, of course, but they were pretty close to healthy yesterday at most of their positions. Or you know, Clay Matthews is back. Like they're important guys. No, their running back uh, Ryan Grant was not available, but he's not like he was fantastic. You know, he's not fantastic or anything. Um, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It's like I'm almost drawing a blank here as I'm doing this because it's just, I know I'm bouncing around all over the place, but mm, it's that kind of game where you do bounce around all over the place. The back and forthness of the game was very entertaining. Of course, the Vikings and Packers leave the first quarter with the tie. Percy Harvin, they showed how per- Percy Harvin showing his versatility. This guy can score touchdowns in three different ways. Three tools. This guy can score three different ways, folks. He can score, and I'm going to say this too, with a deep up-the-middle pass. Up-the-middle, deep to Percy Harvin. Folks who have listened to my show this earlier this year, was I right or was I right or was I right or was I right? If you're going to throw the ball deep to Percy Harvin, you got to do it in the middle, in the center. You're not going to do it on the side because it ain't going to work. Tall players are for the side. Yes. Um, but he also can run the ball. <laughs> what a, It was a wonderful fake that got the Vikings to tie the game. Percy Harvin rushed up the middle uh, and to the left a little bit for a 17-yard touchdown. That tied it up after Brandon Jackson got a, a rare rushing touchdown for the Packers. The Packers' run defense or running game was significantly better in this particular game than it's been of late. <laughs> The Vikings' run defense is not quite the same this year. Uh, Aaron Rodgers certainly not as scary as he was last year against the Vikings. I mean, last year he was frightening. Brett Favre was frightening as well. Whew. Oh, man. 
This was just a... You could talk about so many different things, so I just got to continue here. Uh, the, the passing... Red Favre missed a lot of people in this game. Uh, Randy Moss, I, he just he cannot get open, and I don't know what his problem is. The call, uh, you want to call, you want to get pissed off at the officiating. It's like yes, okay. Randy Moss pushed off on on a couple on a couple of nice plays, but they were the push off was so small. I thought that it's like you know it could have almost gone either way, and I'm going to say that. Um, but it's like the guy can't get open, and whenever he does get open, there's a flag thrown for pass interference, regardless if, if he it was a blatant push-off or a very subtle one. People get away with subtle push-offs all over the league, and we know that. We all know that. Um, it was very frustrating. This whole game, though, it felt like the Vikings were losing the whole time. <laughs> it was awfully frustrating. The Packers made things look awfully easy. After the Vikings tie the game up, the Packers take the lead right back on a, just a very easy drive. Rodgers hitting Andrew Corliss. Though, unfortunately, yeah, this pass was juggled. This is where the refs screwed the Vikings and they admitted it. Yeah, they, they the tight end touchdowns in this game, well, one went to the Packers where clearly the guy was juggling. So here's a 14-point turnaround. Yeah, the refs did not help the Vikings. And I'm, again, not somebody that wants to enjoys ripping the refs. Because it just it makes me not sound very objective, but uh, well, the NFL. <laughs> Even when the NFL admits it, then yeah, I think they made a mistake. And it sucks when it's a 14-point turnaround. Yeah, <laughs> Andrew Corliss <laughs> should be quarterless, but no, yeah, if, if you're going to catch touchdowns that way, he should be quarterless. Clearly, did not have possession of the ball, but they called the touchdown anyway. So s- screw the Vikings, I guess, on that one. Thank you very much. Packers take the lead. Luckily, the Vikings were able to really have a solid drive. Randy Moss called for a push-off in the end zone, unfortunately. Or no, this was a different play. Um, Percy Harvin did not cross the pylon. He went out of bounds. Unfortunately, it looked like he did, but no, that that was the right call. He went out of bounds at the yard and a half, and Peterson finished up that drive. The Vikings tied up quickly. And then it's a more boring, grinded-out, tedious football after that. A couple of lame drives by both teams. But Ryan Longwell is able to get a chip shot. 28-yard field goal because the Vikings failed to get the ball downfield. And Brad Childress, a lot of people really frustrated about this, takes a knee, including Brad Favre and Randy Moss freaking out about that. Vikings do, do though, go, believe it or not, escape into halftime with a 17-14 lead. Um, not bad at all. Things definitely take a turn for the worst in that third quarter, and the third quarter was the nail in the coffin. See, the thing is, though, yeah, the Vikings have the lead, and they have the ball in a decent spot, not a great spot with about 30 seconds left. Why not at least give it a chance, though? Then again, you can kind of see Childress's argument a teeny bit. I'm going to defend him a little bit. I hate taking knees, but I'm going to defend him a tiny bit. Because Bar- Barv, yeah, Brett Favre was throwing so horribly most of the game, throwing it right to defenders for interceptions. I mean, there were at least three other situations where it could have been an interception. Brett Favre could have had six or seven in this game, which would have gotten anybody in the planet benched except him, I guess. Uh, Brett Childress, the worm has turned between Brett Childress and Brett Favre. Now they saw uh, they didn't see eye to eye all the time last year or anything or even this year I'm sure, but it's getting ugly. It's getting ugly fast. <laughs> Brad Childress was pretty it was ripping uh, Favre pretty good in the press conference, but I mean at the end of the game. But no, that's why Brad Childress took the knee because he, he the confidence level in Favre is not the same. No, what if he threw a pick six here? Blow you know it, you know we're screwed pretty much. Packers offense steps up a teeny bit in the second half, which ended up with a touchdown to Greg Jennings. A uh, solid drive by the Packers. We're happy for him, I guess. <laughs> 21-17, to 17, the Vikings would never see the lead again because on the ensuing drive, Brett Favre threw the ball right to Desmond Bishop immediately on the 32-yard line, right to Desmond Bishop. A horrible, horrible, horrible pass. Desmond Bishop was easily able to jump that route intercept the ball with zero resistance on his way to a pick six. 
Suddenly, a 17-14 game is a 28-17 game in favor of the Packers. Only about eight minutes into the third quarter. Ugh. And it's like, well, this game's... <laughs> you, you don't want to say it's over, but it sure felt like it at this point. You sure felt like it at this point. Because this is pretty much what Paul Turnover's Caniff would say <laughs> when Favre threw the pick six. Oh my god! <laughs> Um, that's pretty much the the lineage there. That's pretty much what uh, both of us were saying. Mm-hmm. It was a, it was a, it was one of those games. Yep, one of those plays where you just uh, you let loose a little bit. Now earlier in the first half, I'm going to get back to it again. The Vasante Shanko <laughs> missed touchdown because I kind of jumped ahead and I apologize. And it doesn't really matter. We don't necessarily have to do everything in perfect order here. Um, the Vasante Shanko non-touchdown. Yeah, the nose stuck out, but he had possession. He had better. He had more possession than Andrew Corliss. If you're going to call a touchdown for Andrew Corliss, you can't call one for Vasante uh, Shanko. That's just that just reeks of some BS right there, man. That just reeks of some BS. And again, I can understand why Brad Childress would say what he said late in the uh, after the game. Not only did he rip far, but he ripped the officials. The Vikings did have some hope though on their ensuing drive. <laughs> A solid drive, handing the ball off to Adrian Peterson until third down when they did not do that. Though Toby Gerhardt looked actually pretty good on third down. Toby Gerhardt clearly had his best, uh, well, maybe not even his best game, but a very solid game on third down overall. Made a nice six-yard catch and run in the game, which is like, hey, that's good. Unfortunately, that's the only time they used him that way. Um... Even Bernard Berrien had a 30-yard reception, which I almost jumped out of my chair. I was like, holy cow, that actually was a great play, too. It was a great play. Um, but no, Derek, Toby Gerhardt was getting through people this entire game. Every time he touched the ball, he got through. I was actually quite impressed with him. But uh, no, that Vasante Shego non-touchdown was just sickening. Sickening. But no, all uh, on this drive, back to the drive was where... Gerhardt was good on third down. The Vikings escaped a few times on this. It was uh, quite impressive. They converted on fourth down. It was uh, very solid. Though uh, it happened more in the fourth quarter when that happened, but there was one of those in this drive as well. I do remember that. And finally, (laughs) Brett Favre was able to get a ball to Randy Moss that was not called for pass interference. Uh, thank God. I was like, oh, there's no flag? Oh, my God, Randy Moss pulled up cast down. There's no flag. It was just a four-yard, you know, alley-oop deal because the Vikings offense actually looked good in this point. Four-point game, nice, 28-24. The Vikings do not go for two, which doesn't make much sense. I mean, does it make any sense? What's the difference between four points and five points? I don't know how anybody could really argue that. The Vikings didn't go for two. Uh, you have one, probably the best kicker in all of football. Even if you're like 51 yards out and you're trying to tie the game and to go to overtime, which we know what overtime does to the Vikings, but at least you, maybe we win the coin toss. Maybe we say tails this time um, because tails never fails. <laughs> but uh, they didn't go for two. They they just they just didn't. They didn't go for two. <laughs> it's like what were they thinking? I, I just. You know, that's where I think Childress is in trouble with not with fans and other football experts and his team. His team, yes, his team. What What the hell? Why wouldn't you go for two? Why? the Oh, because, by the way, the final drive of the game, the Vikings are in field goal range. Oh, yes, they were. <laughs> yeah, they were. Instead of go having to go for it on fourth and, what, 15, you could have kicked it game-tying field goal, but God damn. Damn it, they could they just didn't do they couldn't do that because they're down by four. Well gee. Now anybody out there want to argue with that point? <laughs> okay, I'm <laughs> I don't think I'm gonna be getting much argument there. That just that was stupid. We can complain all we want about not giving it to not uh, about Adrian Peterson not getting the ball at certain times, um, taking a knee or whatever at the end of the half. But that was probably the worst play calling in, you know, in his, you know, that's how you get, that's how coaches get fired and stuff like that. That was the biggest flaw of the entire game. And I'd like to, I'd like to hear otherwise from those of you out there. 
The object of the game is to win it, or at least have a chance to win it. You can't win it when you're down by four points in field goal range and you can't get a first down. You can at least try to tie it with a field goal when you're down by three. But if you're down by four, well, you can't kick a field goal because it won't do you any good. There's no such thing as a a four-point field goal, is there? I just, you know, that is what miffs me more than anything. That miffs me so much. What, 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 why, you know? That's where I'm a little frustrated. Okay, we'll get to the other frustrations out there in the Facebook group. We're going to get to that right away here. The fourth quarter was a struggle. The defenses stepped up for both clubs. The Vikings defense was very good, intercepting Aaron Rodgers. The Vikings could not capitalize. Brett Favre threw another horrible interception down the stretch when the Vikings looked like they had something cooking. The play call, the refs could not. The refs were not giving the Vikings any breaks in this game at all. Randy Moss, again, barely pushes off. Yeah, he did push off, but it was so subtle, it's like, give us a break. Come on, you know, whatever. Uh, made his reception. The Paul's call play was called back. Avisande Shenko was called for something similar. Uh, he jumped too early on another play. Just, what the hell is going on? The Vikings didn't look as disciplined. Brad Childress starting to look like Wade Phillips a little bit. Um, <laughs> yes, he is. And then a very painful call because we'll just get to the final drive, because that's all that really matters. The Vikings convert on fourth down twice, twice, twice in this drive. Very impressive. One of them was a nice pass to Randy Moss. Uh, I mean, it was beautiful. Another was a good pass to uh, Vasante. And the Vikings had a situation brewing where it looked like they were going to get in the end zone and win this ball game. Oh, but of course they didn't because the Vikings never seem... The the magic has run out of their magic wand. Last year in these close game situations with the ball in their hands, they won it, except for that stupid Saints game. Um, Hasn't been the same since that Saints game. (laughs) That's probably what's going on, but... uh, uh, Freaking, for lack of better... (laughs) Just to move on here from that. The Vikings cannot... To not seem to get it done in these situations. It's always a woulda, coulda, shoulda every gall dang week. <sighs> Pass interference call, and then a face mask and fill load hold. Next thing you know, what is it, third and 30? Oh, we got halfway there, living on a prayer. Fourth and 15. Can't complete a pass, though. Oh, wait, yeah. <laughs> Of course, the uh, the face mask call was after Favre found Percy Harvin in the end zone, who was six, I'm not even going to say six inches, but maybe about four inches, stepped out of bounds, just could not keep his feet in bounds. The ball was probably slightly microscopically overthrown. Again, another thing with uh, Percy Harvin on deep passes, it's tough to, it's it's tougher for him to, to bring those in, keep, keep staying in bounds, because he's just, he's he's shorter. It's tougher for him. A guy like Moss could bring that in, maybe, if he'd catch the ball this time, if he'd get open enough to catch it. Um, very, very frustrating game indeed. Oh, that was a heartbreaker. Then then the Phil Oldhold pass interference, and then a couple of futile attempts after that. The ball was not even close to Randy Moss. One of them, the first of, of the two final attempts, I, Brett Favre was throwing the ball, Either he was intentionally just throwing it away because there was no play, and I hope that's all it was, because there was nobody there at all. Like like he was trying to throw it to Mercury or Venus, maybe up there in the sky. That was about what he's looking for. If he wasn't like if if he wasn't just throwing it away, the pass to Randy Moss that was futile, not even close, just not even close. That's the ball game. The magic wand has run out on Farvin the Vikings. It's just there is no magic, folks. There's no magic, and uh, that's what hurts the most. That's what sucked the most about this game. But Percy Harvin, just to end on a positive note, Percy Harvin and Adrian Peterson look absolutely phenomenal. They look absolutely phenomenal. And uh, well, I guess we'll end on that positive note. They look all. They look so good. It's just it's a shame to see seasons that they're the type of seasons that they're having. You know, to to end up in a two and four record so far, it's just that's really sad, really sad. It and it pains me to uh, even comment about it. 
So I'm going to take a quick break. Then we'll get to the Facebook groups. We're going to talk about Brett Favre's ankle, and we're going to preview the New England Patriots game. Oh, goody. <laughs> oh, goody. Another road game. The Vikings haven't won a road game in a long time. We'll be right back. And we are back here on Purple Mafia, episode number 73, which is a reminder for iPod users along with the iPod Touch and Microsoft Zoom and all that good stuff. All right, the Facebook group. The Facebook group. There's a lot on here, so i got to just move. Uh, we'll start off with Janine's post. Janine, I don't know. Janine Jakarusu dates. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Redskins, for beating the Bears. And, yes, the Redskins did a very good job in that game. Donovan McNabb, maybe your future quarterback of the Vikings. Uh, hopefully he would throw less interceptions than Brett Favre, and I think he would at this point. The Bears lost again. It was like, here we go. This is our chance to do it again. We'd be, we'd be right there with the Bears. We'd be ahead of the Packers. I mean, because obviously the Packers would lose because we'd win. Yeah, you know, another wonderful weekend. But no, that wasn't meant to be. Janine, again, the full harvest moon was last night. There's something special in the air today. Could a full moss mooning be far off? Time to pillage and plunder the pack. I don't want to be mean, but this whole moss mooning thing is overrated. I'm just, yeah, let's move past it, guys, okay? just going to leave it there. It's really getting overrated. <laughs> but no, I mean, nothing wrong with Janine. I appreciate your fandom. To, I mean, a lot of people keep bringing it up, and it's like, that's a message to everybody, not just Janine or anybody like Janine. That's just, let's just, let's move past the Moss Mooning thing. It's old. It's really old. Actually, it's six years ago. <laughs> Tony o. Coleman, Tony Coleman, Twineball, says, if the Vikes lose tonight by a TD or less, fire Childress. Why didn't he challenge that out-of-bounds touchdown? I'm getting tired of that dude. And, of course, that's the whatever his name was, that scoreless, quarterless guy. Yeah, I'm just going to call him quarterless, even though it's quarterless. Uh, that was a terrible call. That was a terrible call. But, uh, yeah, just sucks. Yeah, it was terrible that Childress wasn't able to challenge it. He just took too long, just sat there, didn't throw the flag. Not very helpful at all, was it? So, yeah, let's just continue to move on again. Um, yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> we can definitely go on with that all day. We definitely can. It's very frustrating. Chris Tucker, what the hell is Childress doing? That stupid idiot probably thinks the game is over at the half. Or maybe we can just save our timeouts for the next half. The bald buzzard is the absolute worst coach in sports. The ball is on our 40. First down with a timeout and 20 seconds left. And he had just let the clock run out. Inexcusable. Tony Coleman responds with, Amen. Yep. Yep. Um, yeah. Again, though, I mean, my small defense, again, was because Favre was playing so horribly. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the My main reason for it being so frustrating is because, well, the Vikings won the coin toss and got the kickoff and all that stuff at the beginning of the game. The last thing you want is to run the clock out. When you have a chance to score, you have a tiny, teensy three-point lead, have a chance to score, and then, oh, great, now the Packers get the ball back and you put no momentum into the second half. Smart. Yep, so again, yes, good call, Chris Tucker. Good call. Good call. I can't disagree with you. Other than Favre was just frust was playing so poorly, Childress didn't have much faith in him. Um, I, again, that's probably not enough reason. No. So, <laughs> I agree. I agree. I love your passion, Chris. You are intense. I love it. Tony, again, Brett Favre is done. Put him out to pasture and fire Brad Childress. Well, while there was some good thing happening here and there, this game was embarrassing. Sebastian Balls responds with, I know, but retarded Childress never signed a decent backup in the offseason. Yep. Uh, Childress isn't necessarily in charge of signing people, but uh, no, you're right, Sebastian, in terms of he didn't, uh, well, he didn't really... Get to the tell the Vikings brass. He didn't really go to the Vikings brass about getting a backup because Childress seems to be calling the shots too much about who's quarterback in this team, so to speak, or who he'd like to quarterback this team. Um, 
Donovan McNabb wouldn't have been bad. I'm going to say that way back in March when McNabb was available. He wouldn't have been a bad move. He really wouldn't. Um, Favre, though, was so good last year. That's the one thing. You put too much eggs in one basket because Favre had a good season at age 39 slash 40. You can't, you know, there's no guarantee in the history of the planet that that's going to happen. In fact, it never does happen again the next year. It just doesn't. It just doesn't. Randall Cunningham is a massive example. MVP season one year, horrible the next. Uh, even Culpepper, who was very young, great in 2000, awful in 2001. Just awful. We've seen it before, folks. It happens too much. Especially after sh- crappy losses. I almost said something. <laughs> in the conference final games. Janine, again, returns. Unbelievable. Three touchdowns called back. Sentenceless penalties. Lousy clock management. Three picks. Some lousy calls by the officials. And the Green Bay bogus touchdown that Childress didn't challenge. What a debacle. That was an awesome post, Janine. <laughs> that was awesome. Yeah, I mean, that, that more than makes up for bringing up that Randy Moss mooning thing that people continued to talk to me about this week. And no, I'm not ripping anybody for it. It's just, let's move on. I don't know why the new Star Tribune continued to ha- have that on there. Yeah, it was his first game back since it happened, but who cares? Who cares? It's just, to me, that was the least of my concerns going into the football game. But no, yeah, I'll shut up about that. That was an awesome post by Janine right there. I mean, all of that just adds up to one pissed-off fan base and one pissed-off Paladino Joey, host of Purple Mafia. So now we get to multiple posts by Cedric Pauling, which I I missed you, buddy. I I really did. I'm glad to hear from you again. Hope you're still listening, and I'm guessing you still are. Cedric Pauling from Mississippi, a military buddy for uh, Dylan. uh, Yeah, Dylan's military buddy who lives in Mississippi. Dylan Richardson, of course, executive producer of thesportstuff.com and host of NFL East to West, which is, again, more than worth a listen. He didn't do a show last week, unfortunately. Just too much going on in his personal life. Um, Totally understandable there. So here we go, Cedric Paulding. Wow, Brad. Wow, Brad. Way to throw the guy. You begged to come back under the bus. I can't wait for the season to be over to fire Chili. Ziggy, pay Bill, coward, (laughs) whatever it takes. This game was heartbreaking tonight. Go Vikes. That's a very interesting post by Cedric Paulding. A very strong, awesome comment at the beginning about how, hey, you know, that's something I was saying too. You begged Brett Favre to come back, and then you just throw him under the bus. Uh, we can't, uh, we can't have a quarterback throwing the ball in uh, to, to to the other team for a touchdown. We just can't have that. Well, that we know that. That's kind of you know that's kind of defeats the point of winning a football game. We, we know, Brad. Uh, also, the part where nah. <laughs> the other part, though, uh, he needs to play in the confines of the system. He's not playing in the confines of the system. You know, stuff like that. I kind of agree, and I kind of don't. I could see his frustrations where, yeah, Favre gambles too much, and when you gamble, you lose. Gamblers are losers, folks. You can gamble a little bit, and, you know, some of the great players do it, and they win a little bit. But if you gamble for a living, you're going to lose, ladies and gentlemen. You're going to lose. And I saw it quite a bit at one of my previous service jobs. Uh-huh. Gamblers are losers. There. <laughs> Compulsive gamblers. Favre is gambling too much this year because something's missing from the guy. It just is, as I mentioned earlier. Cedric Paulding. Ah, oh, I just don't want to I don't want to go there, but I'm going to read it. <laughs> I won't. I wonder, is it time to give T-Jack a try? The O-line is suspect at uh, right now. T-Jack is at least mobile and would take pressure off the O-line. What do you think, Joey? Maybe. Maybe. Oh, God, I hate saying... I can't believe I actually didn't just say no. I said maybe. Mm, maybe. But Tavares was horrible in the preseason. And that's the funny part. The reason why, I mean, people, most people are going to come out and say, well, it was preseason, who cares? Well, usually you say it was preseason, who cares, if a guy like Tavares Jackson tears it up in the preseason because he was tearing it up in training camp, but when it was game situations, well, just looked like the same old story. Yes, Tavares Jackson is mobile. Yes, he has a great arm. But no, he's about as much of a gambler at times as Brett Favre when he actually does throw the ball hard instead of just those really short, two-yard, worthless passes to Nefahu Tahi, which we saw way too much. Nefahu Tahi and Jimmy Kleinsasser, just because they happen to be the closest guy and no one really 
or they're open enough to catch the ball because no one's scared of them. They're too slow. Uh, Tony Coleman chimes in. I should have. I mean, I wish I saw this earlier. I'm really sorry, Cedric, that I didn't respond more quickly. But I'm responding on air, and you'll—that's even better. I'll probably respond on there too, just to, just to kind of you know interact with you on there as well. Um, so yeah, I did give you my response about that. I, Tavares Jackson can play a little bit. I just don't know. I just don't know. He's got a little talent. He's got more talent than. Uh, it's his mental side of the game, though, has not has not grown up, I don't think. Uh, Coleman, though, again, I'm no fan of of Jackson, but honestly, something's got to give. I, what I mean is Jackson may have a breath of fresh air. Last night, geez, I never thought I'd say that. that. And, yeah, I agree with Tony Coleman on that statement. Jackson may have brought, may have brought that breath of fresh air. Yeah, he may have. That's how bad it's gotten with Brett. It really has. Cedric Paulding, hey, Joey, when is Sidney Rice due back? Do you think we will keep Moss after the season because Moss, Harvin, Rice, Barry, and Schenko, Lewis, and Peterson would be unstoppable? Thanks, Joey. Well, Sidney Rice is coming back. Or, yeah, well, yep, Sidney Rice is coming back in the next couple of weeks here. Uh, shucks, what is it, week seven already? Wow, it really it is, isn't it? And we're two and four, so Sidney Rice technically should be due back in the next three to four at the latest. Um, yeah, technically, though we're not hearing anything. Two to four at the latest. I think two to, uh, yeah, two to four, yep. I would keep Randy Moss. 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 If he could freaking get open. <laughs> yes. If the the guy, hopefully, is going to start to get open a little bit more. Um, of course, he's one of the best in the history of the game. Uh, he opened, he went, he, well, he has opened things up for Percy Harvin. Randy Moss has not exploded, but Percy Harvin has gotten better since Randy Moss has been here. Uh, Sidney Rice is going to be incredible with Randy Moss beside uh, him, on the other side, excuse me. Or Randy Moss is going to blow up with Sidney Rice inside him, and Percy Harvin's going to continue to, you know, that's pretty good. Yeah. Lewis, I can't include in that conversation. Barian, uh, well, one of those two is going to be gone for sure, i got to think. I think if you can get rid of Barian, if you can, if you can save some money on Barian, you absolutely keep Randy Moss then and re-sign Sidney Rice to a reasonable contract because you can't give him a big payoff. You just can't now. You can't. He, he blew it, and it's his own fault. Um... Yes, you keep Randy Moss. You do, because, again, one of the greatest in the history of the game. Second, uh, not the most important reason in the history of the world, but I like it personally. Uh, he wants to. F- I think he wants to finish his career here where he started. He's, just, he's, he's happier here than he's been anywhere else. He did not want to leave when the Vikings traded under the Oakland Raiders. He did not want to leave. I remember clearly hearing him say that on the air. Yeah, I am sour because I don't want to leave here. That's what he said. And he said he said he knew that something was he had a good feeling he was gonna get traded. I still remember that back in the early, early two thousand five, uh, February, March, whatever it was. He was sad. He didn't want to leave, but he knew they were gonna trade him. He knew it. Um But no, that aside, that aside, Randy Moss, again, as mentioned a million times, opens the offense about as good as anybody. Harvin is an example of that. Um but Randy Moss is worth hundreds of millions of dollars. And I'm not saying that sign him to that much. I'm saying he's worth hundreds of millions of dollars to this franchise. He is. You're going to sell out every single game as long as Randy Moss is a member of this team. You just are because he's Randy Moss. That's how it always is. He, he, turned, the, he turned the Vikings from a blackout-laden, frustrating, not-so-exciting team to a team that could not, you know, would never failed to sell out, sell out a game. Never would fail to sell out a game. Um, and, of course, the jersey sales are always off the charts for this guy, especially in this town. He just That's who he is. You sign Randy Moss, you have to. I think you have to. So here we go now to one of the bigger posts of them all. Biggest response here. We're, get, we're, getting, we're getting there, folks. We're getting there. And I know you guys don't mind the long shows, and I appreciate that Tony Coleman kind enough to give me a Nice email about that earlier in the year saying, hey, stop apologizing for doing a long show. This is, you know, what we love your show. Why would you, why would you apologize for doing a long show? 
<laughs> but uh, yeah, that was awesome of him. Cedric Pauling says, Hey, Joey, why does an AP... This is a big topic here. Why does an AP play in third down more? He is a weapon. What is Chili thinking or reasoning with taking him out? We would have killed Green Bay with draw plays to AP in the fourth quarter. Tonight, just a little aggravated watching the game tonight. Please answer, Joey, when you get the time. Thanks. And again, yeah, I apologize, Cedric. I really do. I just feel like a dork. But uh, yeah, the schedule, you know, I just got, the schedule majorly got in the way. I mean, I was asleep by the time these were written. And then it was like off to one job and off to the next. So that's kind of how it goes sometimes with me. All right, enough of my, my life and on to the Vikings. Chris Tucker responds with, Hey, sad. first of all, it's nice to have a fellow fan with an ounce of logic. So again, WTF is AP out for eight plays. <laughs> and instead, and instead I, I do like Tony, but instead of Gerhard in, last time I checked, this was not practice. Bleep. <laughs> Sorry, but come on. When I saw Moss throw his arms up towards Chili's halftime move, grrr, poor Moss. Going from a football genius in Belichick to a peasant child rest. <laughs> that was awesome. Chris Tucker again. Also, I know all Vikes fans on Purple Mavic have logic, so please don't hate him at comment. Yep. So, yep. <laughs> little <laughs> little protection there by Chris Tucker, and I don't blame him at all. Chris uh, Cedric says, hey, Chris, I wouldn't attack you or your logic because you were pulling for the same team. We both want to see the Vikes do good. Yeah, I agree with the statement, though, by Cedric Paulding. And I responded with it on there. Um, yeah, he has taken... Adrian Peterson has taken his game to another level this year, guys. He's not fumbling the ball anymore. And when he is played on third down, he's awesome. And he's catching the ball, and he's going. He is phenomenal catching and going with the ball this year, actually. Uh, so Adrian Peterson can absolutely be a third down back <laughs> with along with the feature back. He can be both. He absolutely can be both. Toby Gerhardt did step up yesterday, though, which is nice. That's nice. It's getting better. So here we go to the Brett Favre. Two fractures in his ankle. I think he'll play on Sunday. This is in the Vikings blog. Interesting stuff indeed. Yep, two fractures in the left ankle. An avulsion fracture and a stress fracture. And the quarterback is in a walking boot. Um, so we'll get to the Favre thing right now. It's strange to a lot of people. I mean, I got to think to myself. Yeah, stress fracture, you can kind of play with it. You know, I had, I think I had what I believe was a stress fracture. In fact, I'm a 90% sure it was. You don't really feel it until you step on it in the wrong place. You know, and it was in my ankle as well. And then you pretty much hit the ground like, oh my God, what the hell? Because the pain is so incredible for like a, uh, a short time. Um... I don't know, though. Favre is playing so poorly, and he's thinking about the wrong things. He's thinking about his ankle. He's thinking about his elbow. He's thinking about um, something else. <laughs> we know what it is. He's too distracted this year. He's losing or may have lost his gift. But who do you turn to? That's the problem. Tavares Jackson in New England against the Patriots, who have been undefeated since Randy Moss has left there. I said it. I have. Yeah. That sucks. That really sucks. Um, also, the NFL has admitted that they blew it on the Asante Shanko touchdown. Asante. Vasante Shanko touchdown. That was a bad call. He had possession. Just because the nose of the ball was sticking out doesn't mean he used the ground to uh, hang on to the football. That's total bull. I think that was a touchdown. Yeah, it may have been a closer call, especially down the stretch. You know, in a quarter wall when the play was actually happening. But, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Um, Vikings did get... <laughs> the Vikings were hurt by the refs. Absolutely hurt by the refs last night. So, <laughs> we're going to just... Yeah, I, I'm going to take a break. I'm going to take another break, and we'll be right back, and we'll get to the New England Patriots review and call it a show. <laughs>
we are back here on Purple Mafia, episode number 73, which is a reminder for iPod users, Microsoft Zune as well, and other MP3 players. Thank you always for listening to the show. Welcome aboard again. Um, yeah, the New England Patriots, <laughs> the Vikings are going into the Boston area. Oh, goody. The New England Patriots. They're going to New England, yes. In New England, where Samuel Adams is the best beer in the world. But enough of that. The Patriots on last on Sunday, yesterday, defeated the San Diego Chargers on the road. They beat the Chargers on the road, 23-20. to A team that, well, that's in the Chargers that some people would assume sooner or later is going to finally start playing good again because they always do that. <laughs> they start off really bad and then step it up, which is just yeah, not a way to, not a way to really uh, handle things. But that's the pay, uh, that's the Chargers. That's why they don't have a championship, despite their their talent. Once upon a time, man, Sammy Morris is still playing. Wow, Sammy Morris is still playing. Yeah, the Green Bay running or Green Bay, the New England running game is about as good as the Green Bay running game. It doesn't exist. It doesn't exist at all. Uh, but the Patriots are winning games. That's what matters. The Patriots are winning games. They are five and one. They are now three and zero with Randy Moss out of there. Yeah, the Patriots are only two and one after Moss uh, was traded, or I mean, when Moss was traded, the Patriots were two became two and one in a game that the Randy Moss didn't touch the ball. He was thrown to once in that game. <laughs> we're still wondering when Moss is going to start catching the ball here. Um, how can I predict a victory in this game? How? Somebody want to give me a reason why the Vikings are going to win this game. Somebody want to give me a reason why somehow, some way, this offense is suddenly going to say, "Yeah, no, we've sucked major butt for the last six games." But hey, we're just going to show up now because we're in New England. We're just going to wake up right now. We're going to start catching the ball. Favre's not going to throw interceptions anymore. You know, he yeah, he's not going to throw interceptions anymore. Suddenly, Favre is going to have all that magic back. And, and you know, and, and <laughs> Percy Harvin and Adrian Peterson, yeah, I think they will keep up what they're doing, at least for the most part. But, no, suddenly this offense, the sputtering is just going to go away. We're going to start scoring at will. We're going to put up 42, 41 points, whatever, in New England. Patriots aren't going to stand a chance. In fact, their offense ain't going to do squat against us at all. Well, the other thing is with their offense, yeah, who is Brady throwing the ball to? <laughs> yeah, Hernandez, Deion Branch, Woodhead, Wes Welker. Okay, that's uh, some talent there. Um, the Patriots, regardless if they have star power other outside of their quarterback <laughs> on the offensive side of the ball, they win games. Yes, they do, and uh, that's what counts the most in terms of these New England Patriots. They just win. They just do, indeed. And it's funny that on paper the New England Patriots are pretty much a buy. I mean, are one, they're in the definitely in the lower half defensively, right under the Miami Dolphins, right ahead of the San Francisco 49ers and Detroit Lions. The New England Patriots' defense isn't all that impressive, their offense, well, it's not all that impressive. They just win games. <laughs> That's all there is to it, folks. The New England Patriots win games because they're well coached. Uh, offensively, they are rated number one in all of football in yards. In yards. They didn't really show it yesterday all too much. But in yards, yeah, the Patriots are number one in all of football. Amazingly, it's more or less because, well, Tom Brady's completing his passes. Tom Brady is completing his passes. His receivers are catching the ball. There's a there, there's a problem here in Minnesota at times. Um, yeah, it helps when the refs actually like uh, give you a chance <laughs> once in a while. Vikings didn't really get much of a chance yesterday at times. But um, I can't blame anything on the refs. I just can't. It's funny, though. You look at them. They on, yeah, Number one offense in football. Uh, yeah, they are. In yards, anyway. <laughs> but you look at the receivers and their running backs. It's like, what? That's all they got? Aaron Hernandez, Wes Welker, Brandon Tate, Dion Branch, who's actually been okay since he got back. But That's the funny part, though, about the New England Patriots. Who was the New England Patriots running back when they won the Super Bowls? Um, 
what was his name? Kevin Falk? <laughs> no. It's just, uh, yeah, it was Kevin Falk. Yeah. <laughs> Kevin Falk. Except for that one, the very last time they had Corey Dillon. Yeah, Kevin freaking Falk. Who were the receivers? Well, guys like Dion Branch. And, uh, God, why am I not remembering the others? Uh, Wes Welker was on the team when they started, you know, yeah, later on. But uh, I can't even remember the other guy. I forget. Oh, God, what was his name? I'm blanking. I feel really bad. But it doesn't matter, I guess, in the mainframe of things. Um, the Patriots won games because they're a good team and they're well coached. That's about it. The, Brady's able to spread the ball around all over wherever he wants. And I think that's why the Patriots are playing so well right now. They don't have to worry about, oh, we got to get the ball to Moss, or we got to get the ball to this guy or that guy or this guy or that guy. Brady's playing up to his potential this year as well. He sure is. 11 touchdowns and 4 interceptions, 1,362 yards. Just he's having a very good year. That's only six games in. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, uh, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady is certainly playing Aaron Rodgers. So again, the Vikings are going to win this game in uh, New England. No, they're not going to win this game in New England. No, they're not. No, they're not. Um, they're not. The Vikings are going to be 2-5, and five, folks. If the Vikings win in New England, it will be a wonderful thing. It will, I got to think it'll bring the morale up in a big way. It'll, in fact, it'll double the morale of this team. It will double the morale of the Vikings, if not triple it, if they beat the Patriots in New England. And yes, it will make up for the Green Bay loss. Because you you can't I, I I don't know how you're gonna win both Green Bay and, and New England. It would make up for it, but I just right now do you really think I see it happening? Especially with Childress throwing Favre under the bus, Favre having fractures in his ankles ankle, excuse me. Um, outside of Harvin and Peterson, not really much offensively that gives me much faith. Not much. Uh, and the defense actually isn't looking so good right now. It's not looking, it's not the worst, it's not that bad, but it's not looking good enough for me to say. I mean, I think the defense has taken a step back the past couple weeks here. Um, I don't know. The Cowboys' offense looked pretty good against the Vikings, and Aaron Rodgers, well, he moved. Aaron Rodgers got yards against this team fairly easily outside of a couple of dumb passes for interceptions. Those were gifts. Tony Romo's turnovers were gifts as well. Um, I can't pick the Vikings to win this game, and I'm really sorry, those of you out there. I really am. Don't tell me I'm not a Viking fan because I'm not picking them to win in New England. The New England Patriots are a football team that's figuring it out again. They're starting to figure it out over there again, and they're starting to realize how good they can be like they used to be. They're, they for whatever reason, it's kind of a blast from the past right now in New England. It's the same situation they had when they won. They didn't have uh, Lawrence Maroney, who just, you know, why even count on that guy? Because he's just worthless, because he's always hurt. Sorry, Gopher fans, but it's true. Uh, they didn't have Randy Moss, where it's like, get, you know, all this pressure to get him the ball. They had a committee of receivers who caught the ball. They just simply catch the ball. And sometimes that's all you got to do is just catch the ball. So the Patriots are going to beat the Vikings, folks. They're going to beat the Vikings. I'm going to go with 21 to 17. 27 to 17. 27 to 17 in New England. I'm really sorry, guys, but that's what I see right now. Okay, 27 to 21. I'll give the Vikings three touchdowns in this game. 27 to 21, and that's it. And, uh, Things look more bleak. If things change and I'm wrong, I will be so happy. I'll be the first to say, sweet, thank you very much for winning the game, Vikings. Now let's go out there and let's start winning some football games. But uh, <laughs> until then, I can't pick the Vikings to win the game. So I'm going to close the commentary with that. Contact details, paladinolive at yahoo.com, paladinolive at yahoo.com. Leave a message there if you want especially sponsors. I appreciate that. <laughs> wink, wink. Um, Purple Mafia, again, available on the sportsstuff.com and iTunes, thesportsstuff.com. Please do join the message boards on the front page of the website. We really want you on board there. There's a button that says TSS Boards in the upper right-hand corner of the website. 
please do click on that. Appreciate it very, very much indeed. Um, absolutely. The Facebook group, go to the search bar in the Facebook group. Type in Purple Mafia Minnesota Vikings. Purple Mafia Minnesota Vikings and join. Again, I'm going to get a Facebook page as well. I'll keep the group up there just for the sake. It just should stay up there. There's no sense in getting rid of it. That'd be stupid. But I'll get a Facebook page up there soon. I'm sorry. I'll get it probably taken care of sometime this week if I can just stop screwing around, you know, basically, and just get it done. And uh, I'll be happy, and all of you will be happy as well. Um, but yeah, until then, that's the deal. Uh, also, twitter.com forward slash purple mafia show. But also, probably the most fun thing of all, the phone line. Please do call into that. 612 749 5791. 612-749-5791. Do call in and opine, and that would be fantastic indeed. Well, my prediction's in. What can I say, guys? What can I say? Vikings, prove me wrong. Prove yourselves wrong. Prove everybody wrong. Prove us all wrong and go out there and beat the Patriots. But until you do, I can't pick you to win. Take care, everybody. We'll be back next week for episode 74.